Hello, GEO members and listeners. My name is Aysam, and I'm joined with Chelsea and Carla. We are all members of the Graduate Employee Organization at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. You might be aware that our graduate worker contract will be expiring in exactly two months. So, we are currently bargaining with the administration over a contract proposal drafted by the GEO, Graduate Employee Organization, bargaining team. Like after every bargaining session, the bargaining team sends an email with a textual summary of the session. These episodes provide more details and voice to the lead negotiators to bring up various pressing issues from the session and what members can do to fight for a better contract. I mean, we are living at a time of heightened crises of inflation, food shortages, pandemic, and a skyrocketing energy bills. And the good contract will not come easily and for free. Yesterday, on the 14th, Chelsea and Carla were the lead negotiators. They will provide a summary of what the two-hour-long bargaining session included. So, to begin, we have given the administration a contract proposal, 37 pages or so, three months ago. We have not received a contract proposal from them or a counter-proposal. The administration keeps consistently saying that they are waiting for their questions to be answered before proposing a counter-proposal. To many, this might seem like a normal bargaining process. Why is this not acceptable? Um, thank you so much, Assam, for this interview. Uh, I'm super glad that we're doing this uh, podcast that will give us a more, uh, a more intimate space to uh, talk about the last bargaining session. Uh, I want to start with something that um, you mentioned, um, Assam, before we started recording, that for some members, for example, it may seem very obvious that the administration wants to clarify all the questions before proposing um, something to the table, right? To propose their full contract proposal. However, uh, nothing is impeding the administration to not only asking us all the questions that they want to, but as they ask the questions, also present uh, a full contract proposal, particularly around mandatory subjects of uh mandatory subjects of bargaining, which are, are anything that has to work directly with our working conditions, such as our salary, uh, wages, hours of work. And we haven't received that in over four months now since we started bargaining. And we haven't received that, Assam and Chelsea, while inflation is going up. We said in the session that inflation is going up to 8.6%. Gas is going up. The university received even more money from the state of Illinois, over $600 million in state appropriations. So again, the university doesn't have any excuse to not bring a full comprehensive proposal on economic rights and benefits to graduate workers. And what this shows is really just a lack of respect. Um, because when you respect someone in bargaining, you bring a proposal to the table. That's how you bargain. That's how you negotiate. So what the university administration is saying to us by not coming prepared with a full contract proposal is that they're saying, graduate workers, we do not respect you. Couldn't agree more, Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, and there's also this other issue where they kind of, we've kindly asked them to provide us these questions in advance in a written format. And so we don't have to spend four months of bargaining where it's not just bargaining, it's like a Q&A session. It's just like, what does this mean? Are you proposing this or that? So it's becoming very redundant. It's not bargaining sessions, like Q&A sessions are becoming. And it should be like angering everybody involved in this, especially GO members. 
So um, last time I was speaking to Ben, who was the lead negotiator uh, of the last bargaining session or the Q&A session. Um, and, uh, and we received from the administration ground rules, meaning how should we conduct these bargaining sessions. And the ground rules proposal was sent to us in our last session. So the proposal puts a cap of 30 committee members, meaning only people from the bargaining teams, right? the administration and the GEO, Graduate Workers Union. Thoughts on that, the 30 people cap? Um, yeah, that's a great question, Isam. And so what we actually did in the last uh, session was we clarified that language because as you pointed out, the administration in their proposal wrote that the, the bargaining room would be limited to 30 members of the bargaining committee. But their summary on their website stated the university saw a limit of 30 GEO bargaining unit members for participation in the in-person component. So that was conflicting language that they presented in their proposal and on their website. So when we asked them about it in the session, they stated that their intention was actually to limit the number of GEO members total in the room. And that should not be acceptable um, to any of us in the GEO because when we asked the university administration why they wanted to do this, their only rationale uh, was that they preferred a smaller group in the room. And to me, what that says is that the university administration does not want transparency in bargaining, um, that they do not want members to be in the room to see the, the proposals that they're presenting or the questions that they're asking us. Yeah. And not only that, Chelsea, but even when we asked Rob, Rob, um, and for those of you who don't know, Rob Craddock is the lead negotiator that bargains with us on behalf of the university administration. Uh, and he said that he has been in the past in sessions of over 500 million people or sessions like significantly less than that. So if he has been through that experience, we seriously do not understand other than the fact that the university is fearful of having to say in the face of graduate workers, we're not going to give you a raise that fits inflation. We're not going to give you um, child care. We're not going to give you access to just employment conditions. And that's what literally they're afraid of. And they justify um, their explanations with very um, superficial language around effectiveness, when in reality, they fear the political organization when graduate workers are organized and mobilized. Right. And it's also, I think, intimidating for, an admi for the administration to see like a massive number of graduate students, even 31, you know, is more than 30. And I think that's just like something that intimidates them. And uh, it, it makes them feel that's harder to bargain during that session, I believe. But that's just them and that's their point of view. And I think we do have the spaces and they are available and they're central to campus. And he jokingly said that well, we need to uh, kind of like uh, book the stadium if we're going to open it to more than 100 people. I'm like, that's even like a silly joke from him. Um, and uh, and yeah, we, we're proposing something central, accessible to everybody with elevated and uh, the administration is like, oh, we'll see. So um, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep discussing this with them further. So um, two, sec two parts of the, uh, of the bargaining session focused on something new that we didn't speak about last week with Ben, uh, which is hours of work. So we are changing something in the language. To be from, for example, working 20 hours per week on average to changing working maximum 20 hours per week. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yes, um, definitely. And so as Assam stated, we're changing um, the language from average to maximum. And the reason for this is because overwork has been a huge problem for our members in the past. Um, and overwork is an issue that really affects our work quality. It affects our health and wellness as graduate workers. And it also affects our quality of education. 
Um, and for many of this, us, um, overwork really affects our ability to provide the best education possible to our students, which, which is what we believe the University of Illinois' purpose is, to provide a quality of education. And so we believe this change will make it easier to be able to track overwork as it happens instead of overwork building up over time and leading to that accumulated stress, uh, accumulated mental health difficulties, um, and decreasing quality of education. We also noted in the session that uh, for many international graduate workers uh, who can't work over 20 hours a week for a 50% appointment, for example, um, there have been cases where those graduate workers have hesitated to bring up overwork in fear of losing their visas. So this proposal makes it so that you can address overwork right away. If you worked over uh, 40 hours a week, um, your overwork protections would be violated with our contract proposal language. With our current contract language, if you worked 40, over, 40 hours a week, you would have to show a consistent pattern over time to be able to prove that you are experiencing overwork. We want to eliminate that confusion, that gray area, and make it so that graduate workers are being fairly compensated for all of the work that we do. In other words, we want to, learn to, we want to work for a living instead of living for our work. And so, just to put in a little bit of context, sometimes at the beginning of the school year, you're asked to do a, write a syllabus and then provide the readings and scan them and everything, and that goes beyond uh, 20 hours, right? Um, and then they say, well, you know, it averages out for the rest of the semester because some other uh, some other weeks you might work less than that, so it averages out. But it's it's still kind of like a momentary, uh, you know, exploitation that's happening at that moment in time that we're trying to avoid. We're saying that nobody should work, the contract states, work maximum 20 hours, that's what one should work, not on average. I should not work 100 hours per week and then for two week, three weeks I don't work anything. Um, in addition, it means that um, there's, uh, it's kind of some people, they finish work faster than others, right? So sometimes I, I grade faster than other people or, you know, I make lesson plans faster than other people. That should not impact how much I get paid because if I worked 16 hours instead of 20, that's just because maybe I'm more productive than somebody else or I have my own strategies in doing certain things. So this is, we're trying to combat that. We're trying to go over this whole idea of average. And Sam, if I go, if I expand on what you say, it also goes the other way around, right? Because maybe for some people, um, grading takes them significant more time, right? And we want to make sure that the maximum amount of, of hours protects against overwork, but also protects against uh, any ableist nature that says, oh, you still have three more hours to give me. Uh, and that's why you need to give me these hours that you haven't done. Or why did you take uh, 10 hours in grading five or six papers? Well, no, I mean, we need to respect the diversity and talents of all of our graduate workers. And I think as Chelsea mentioned, as you mentioned, Isam, our language is definitely more progressive and will guarantee a better quality of life for graduate workers in the future. Thank you for clarifying that. Mm -hmm. So moving on to uh, something that we're proposing a new thing in our contract, which is time off for GEO business. Um, and it's we're asking for this uh, in our contract because right now I'm sitting with Chelsea and Carla and there's, uh, you know, usually there are eight other people sitting with us and we're talking about our contract and we meet every week and we're doing all of this, <laughs> getting paid zero, right? 
Um, we don't get compensated for this. We don't take the dues that members pay. They don't go into our pockets. We wish, but it doesn't go work like that. So why are we proposing this call out yeah. Chelsea? Um, before you answer that, Sam, I think this, this article also shows us the importance of unions historically, right? Um, different centers from the Economic Policy Institute, uh, different scholars that research the political economy have shown time and time again uh, that uh, workers that have union protective rights uh, get higher wages, get better benefits, which obviously lead to a better quality of life. So what we're pursuing uh, in this section is we want exactly what the administration has, right? If the administration says that we are the moving party, we are the people that are seeking change, well, we should have the same material resources to do the exact work that they're doing, which is bargaining. We want to clarify that Rob's office has a significant amount of staff that their staff um, salaries totalizes approximately $1 million. And they haven't even came up with a proposal that is comparable to the 40 pages that we submitted to them, right? And we do all this work, not only without a material compensation, but out of a political commitment that we have with our members that a new alternative reality is possible in the ones that we have. So basically, that's the, the spirit of the, the, of the proposal. And we have also in that language additional protection that can guarantee that any graduate worker that decides to um, adopt uh, this this article, um, if, if negotiated with the administration, will be protected against any potential retaliation from departments that unfortunately uh, don't support the graduate employees organization for, well, very obvious reasons that we can discuss also as well. And yeah, adding on to that, um, as Carla mentioned, um, union benefits uh, give us all kinds of protections, you know, wage increases, quality of life improvements uh, that we wouldn't have without a union. And so we have to look at this in the context of legislation that has been promoted to defund unions. So, for mm -hmm. example, the Janus case in 2018 was a case um, that removed what was called fair share dues. Um, and that led to many unions losing about 50 percent of their income because people no longer uh, were members of the union, even if they were covered by the union contract. And so this is something that we can have in our contract that will help give those resources that are being stripped away by uh, neoliberal uh, policies like the Janus decision, like right to work laws that are being passed in many states. And that's another reason why uh, I think this contract language is so important. Yeah. And adding one last thing also, Chelsea, we're not uh, inventing something that it's impossible to achieve. There are other uh, universities like the University of Washington and UMass that have unions that have a similar contract language. Uh, so we hope that the university understands that uh, this particular article will guarantee better uh, labor management, effective communication, so that just as the administration wants us to bargain a fair contract quickly, we do, but we need the resources that they have in order to do this effectively. And to just clarify what time off our GEO business means is that is that we are volunteers, right? So right now we are working 20 hours or some of us even more a week. And then we're also taking classes. And then on the side, we obviously have familial commitments and social commitments and so forth. In addition to this kind of struggle, the political struggle that we're doing here. So all of this, we're not getting compensated for it. The administration, obviously, they, the, some people get hired and this is their job. They get paid for it. What we're asking for is that this becomes a paid position, like uh, an assistantship funded position. And we're asking for, you know, um, five members to, you know, get funding for the, for the year, um, that we have a, a, bar, a bargaining, uh, 
bargaining gear essentially with the administration. Um, and so that would be also more equitable and that would also stop us, stop uh, the administration from asking us, oh, um, like quoting the uh, Rob saying at one point, uh, it would be nice to have consistent lead negotiators as if we are getting paid and it's a job for us to actually come to these negotiating tables and discuss with him and, and the administration the contract. It's based on our availability, based on our work schedule, based on our school class schedules. And so even that condescending note from the administration shows their lack of understanding of our material conditions and our living you know, experiences here. So um, all of these issues should rally up our members to, to come to our bargaining sessions. The next one is going to be on the 22nd, Wednesday. Uh, from uh, 9, 9, 9 a.m. To, to 12. So it's going to be three hours. Uh, we need members to show up. Not just like, so we pack the Zoom and uh, Rob freaks out and sees us there and that's it. Well, that's also a goal. But the ad additional goal is we sometimes do something called caucusing, meaning we leave the Zoom room and we go to a Google Meet, which is another room. And then we discuss amongst us as a union some of the questions that we get asked by the administration and we try to answer them democratically. The more we members we have, the better our answers are, especially that they come from people's voices, like your voices. Sometimes we might be missing something, we don't have the right language for it, and you might help us. Mm -hmm. So invite your friends, come over, for, come for half hour, come over for three hours, um, you know, help us win this uh, contract. Uh, lastly, do you want to talk about the retreat that we'll be having? Yeah. Um, so, uh, as Assam said, every voice counts, and our union is democratically run by its members. Uh, and the GEO is a very, very uh, beautiful place for um, you to develop your different uh, organizing skills, uh, sometimes even uh, meet amazing people that become your friends. Uh, and that's why we're going to invite all of our members, uh, particularly you that are listening to this podcast, to our organizing strategy retreat that we will have on June 25th, so Saturday, June 25th. And Sunday, June 26th from 11 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Food will be provided to all GEO members that attend. Uh, and these retreats, as Assam are saying, is, su is super important because our collective problems cannot afford individual solutions. And we need every single member's perspective to develop a consistent timeline that will allow us to win a successful contract. Uh, we have different pillars that we have discussed with membership in terms of what are our bargaining priorities, including access and justice, health and safety, and tuition and wages and fees. We want all of our fees waived in our contract. We want better working protections, but we need every single GEO member to participate, including yourself, uh, that managed to, um, listen this podcast up to this point and wants to get involved. Um, Chelsea, do you want to add anything else? No, I just second everything Carla said. We need you involved. We're a democratic union and uh, your voice matters in the GEO. Yes, you don't elect somebody to represent you. You directly get involved with the union. So please approach us. We're very hospitable, friendly people. We always have food on the table and chips and popcorn and everything. So thank you so much for listening. Please share this episode with people. And uh, yeah, I'll see you around.